Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk, joined, as always, by a woman whose nickname is now synonymous with her entire brand, Miss Diamond Creek Bomb. My personal brand? Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. We're all personal brands. And I feel like this nickname is actually catching on, Miss Diamond Creek Bomb. Are nicknames supposed to be shorter than... (laughs) than... Than the actual name? It's funny because I don't know if you've seen these ads or heard them on any podcasts you listen to, but apparently like there's been a big PR push from the diamond industry to make everybody think that like the diamond industry is like really great for local communities and the environment. <laughs> <laughs> like employing local communities since 1800. Yeah, exactly. No, probably like 1600. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. And they're like, no, digging up all of like the stuff that the earth wants inside of it and releasing all that carbon into the atmosphere is good for the environment. And they're like, that movie Blood Diamond was, it was a farce. I have a question about diamonds. Mm. I have a friend who I trust implicitly when it comes to like fun jewelry. And she was like, I'm only buying lab-grown diamonds from now on. Are lab-grown diamonds, like, why do they even cost anything? Why do they cost more than like American cheese? If it's like literally anyone can make them at any time in a lab. Why is there any value to them? (laughs) What kind of logic is that? You can say the same about any skincare product. (laughs) Right, but it's like you're paying for certain ingredients. But lab-grown diamonds, it's literally just carbon that like in a lab, they like compress so tightly that it turns into a diamond. And I'm a scientist and that's how I explain it. Do you have that equipment? You know what? You could probably (laughs) do it in your pressure cooker. (laughs) Honestly, I probably could. Also, no, but I could buy that equipment and then I could make diamonds. It sounds like you're about to print some money. Do you know that De Beers and all these companies have like warehouses in Europe full of diamonds, like natural diamonds that they're just like stockpiling to like control the supply or else like the price of diamonds would go down drastically. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So why would you, I would also buy lab grown diamonds if I cared to buy anything. Well, I guess because there's something to me in the same way about that having I, death and destruction around your neck. <laughs> no. Well, no. No, 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 no. Obviously, conflict-free is very important and you have to buy certified diamonds. Even though I've also heard from a lot of gemologists that like the whole idea of conflict-free diamonds doesn't really check out, but I think it does more than the like not certified world of diamonds where there's no tracing of them. Anyway, the same ideas with baking sourdough bread where like you're like you literally took water and flour and like a pinch of salt and over the course of like weeks and then a couple days like turned it into this like very complex food that tastes delicious that like is very rewarding and like and uh, comforting in the same way like I feel like diamonds are this thing that took so many years to create you know with special natural conditions and there is something special about that versus like buying it from like a lab, it feels like genetically engineered. It, I mean, <laughs> it's something that I have thought about. I just love diamonds. There's a designer because one of my favorite pastimes is, and I don't think I've ever actually purchased anything from Moda, but is going on Moda Operandi and sorting by new. And this woman, Lauren Santa Domingo, or whoever does her buying is, they have yeah. incredible stuff. 
if I bought myself jewelry, I would probably go there first to check out what they have because she just has like stuff I've never seen before. Really interesting brands. And there's this one woman who I think she's based in London and all of her stuff is lab grown diamond and it's gorgeous stuff. Like it looks like on the same level as J.A.R., the like really famous like jeweler who's like really reclusive. Oh, yeah. Jar. Yeah, he's like a really big deal. Anyway, this woman, her stuff, I would say, not that I'm like a gemologist and I'm probably, you know, all of our jewelry is on par with jar. I mean, I look <laughs> to the untrained eye, <laughs> like of myself who knows about jewelry from online shopping. <laughs> so like you were on Moda Apparendi and you were like, this is like the new jar. Yeah. Like this person. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Um, let me look it up. Okay. While you're doing that, I have to tell you something. So I was at this dinner. I dragged myself out of sweatpants after work to go to a dinner to celebrate the launch of You Beauty's new body moisturizer. You Beauty was founded by Tina Craig, aka Bag Snob. I think she was like a Dallas socialite turned blogger turned beauty entrepreneur. I've talked about her products completely coincidentally on the podcast before because I tried her face products and I was really impressed with them. And now she's like, you know, her same philosophy of like, science and clinical studies and moisture retention and combating moisture loss for the face, she's like applied to the body. Anyway, went to a dinner, run into this woman. I don't even know who anybody is. So I'm just like talking to everyone. But this woman has like incredible skin. And I'm like, what are you wearing? Like what skincare do you use? And she was like, I only use one brand. I stopped like trying new things because I just was like screwing up my skin. And I was like, I get that. And she was like, and that brand is Allies of Skin. Never heard of it in my life. Right. But like I have, and it's like one of those brands that looks like it's like a men's skincare brand. And it has kind of like Aesopy kind of branding. But I guess it was developed by an Singaporean or I think a cosmetic or like a skincare chemist who's Singaporean. And the products are incredible and her skin was incredible. And then I only found out later because I saw a picture of her that tagged her name that she's Nikki DeRoost, the makeup artist. So I feel like she actually has tried every single skincare product. So now I'm like, add to cart, you know, allies of skin. And this all happened at a U Beauty event, which is ironic, but I also do really like the U Beauty stuff. So I was happy to be there. And I want to talk about one other thing. Hold on, check your DMs because I sent you Annabella Chan. Her whole thing is like ethical, sustainable, fine jewelry. Not inexpensive. Oh, it's stunning. Yeah, isn't it great? (gasps) I mean, because this is art. Exactly. Get thee Um, to A-N-A-B-E-L-A-C-H-A-N, Annabella Chan. Oh, my God. Holy crap. The aluminum and lab-grown gemstone. Wow. She has Beyonce on her e-com site. So if that tells you anything. (laughs) There you go. I wonder what her day rate is for e-com. I bet that's one of those put her on the site and ask for forgiveness versus ask for permission. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At Into the Gloss, speaking of which, we only got in trouble one time. We got a cease and desist from putting a picture. It was like a screen grab of a scene in The Breakfast Club. Do you remember this? That was not the only time, Nick. 
I think after you left that was, was the, when we wait, had. Sorry, that was the first time. Yeah, but because you, yeah. <laughs> this was what was so funny about because it was before Instagram. So to go online and, yeah. and just like flip through photos, you had to go to into the gloss or Vogue.com or whatever and InStyle.com and go through the slideshows. And editors would put together these slideshows, and it was so funny too because when Instagram started. They used to do best Instagram of the week slideshows. <laughs> Everything was about the slideshow because you wanted to like increase <laughs> yeah. page views. Then you would just like screen grab yeah. or like download yeah. images from God knows where. Totally no attribution. Or if you did, it was like very minimal and you did not ask for permission. We got sued yeah. by Playboy. For what? It was like the best centerfolds or something of all time. It was a slideshow of dozens and dozens of image. And I think they priced it by image. This has Diamond Creek Bomb all over it. No, I didn't write it. This was before my time. It was on the site. But yeah, I think it was you. (laughs) I did not pitch best centerfolds. (laughs) No, I don't know what it was. I, I, I don't know what the theme was, but it was something about... God, I don't even know. It was like hottest tits on Playboy. Yeah, it was like biggest, wettest tits on Playboy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. That was the downfall. That was right before Playboy was like going out of business. You know, now they're rebranded and they're like trying to like breathe second life into it. But it was like, you guys are so desperate for money. Damn, this sucks. (laughs) And now I feel like they'd be like, you know what? You should take back the centerfold. That's good. Empowerment. As a woman, you're not going to let us put this on our website, really? This is a woman's website? Yeah, as a woman founded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Okay, it's time for top stories. Okay, well, I didn't think much of this story, but then I read a... (laughs) You know, what I consider to be sort of like the standard bearer in modern journalism, which is Business Insider, did a story on House of Gaga, the Lady Gaga makeup brand that originally launched on Amazon and is now about to go into Sephora after having been completely rebranded. And it was an interesting story because it also made me think this is like a perfect example of you can't just make products as a celebrity and have success. Like it's not as easy as celebrity who has like a very distinct perspective on makeup plus formulas plus distribution equals success. Consumers are smarter than that. And they're going to understand that the formulas are actually not as good as they should be. I think what had happened in the Amazon version of the brand was that it was just kind of like eyeshadows and lipsticks. It wasn't what you would associate with Lady Gaga, the sort of like most Mac version of Mac, where it'd be like heavily pigmented, sparkly, over the top, you know, real living out loud kind of makeup. But it wasn't that. It was just sort of makeup. And no one wants to buy just sort of makeup from Lady Gaga. And no one did buy makeup from Lady Gaga. And also no one wants to buy like makeup on Amazon, I think was the other sort of side note. Such a weird choice. Such a weird choice. I mean, and she's like the biggest fucking pop star in the world. And even she couldn't do it. But it's money. I bet Amazon gave them a ton of money or a lot of like discounts and whatever to launch on Amazon. And also I bet she was like busy being a movie star and didn't have her eye on the ball and wasn't actually passionate about creating a makeup company. I think what's interesting because in my new, the new world I'm in, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Fenty Beauty and Skims and like these sort of lightning in a bottle celebrity brands. But 
what you can tell from the Fenty Beauty thing is number one, like you can still tell Rihanna loves makeup. She loves what she's doing. She loves marketing it. She loves like the whole thing. And so it just makes sense that it would work because she cares. And I believe that she would have tried every single formula and had a lot of notes on it and like just been dedicated to performance. But I feel like Lady Gaga just thought she could put her name on it, which reminds me, do you remember when again at Into the Gloss, Lady Gaga released that black perfume? No. So it was a black bottle of perfume. It was a Cody partnership, the first black perfume, and it was supposed to have like blood in it or something stupid. And it was discontinued. And she was like still at the height of her music career. She really doesn't have a fragrance? No, she did. <laughs> and it was black and it was like called Fame in this like very Mugler-esque bottle. But then it flopped. Where are her fans? Where are the little monsters? I don't think they want to buy her perfume at Macy's or her makeup on Amazon. I think that like there's a disconnect between either who her fans are and what products she's making or she's just not involved in the product sucks. I mean, I also do remember that no one wants to buy a black perfume because even though if you tell me it's not going to stain, like I don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard agree. It's funny because I think the power of the like superstar celebrity is waning or is just, I think, not as much of a uh, silver bullet as one would like to believe. I was reading on Twitter the other day that apparently JLo tried to like start a new Instagram challenge called like the love don't cost a thing challenge where you like walk down a beach and you throw (laughs) your belongings and your clothing off like she does in her love don't cost a thing music video and literally not a single person did it and she was like tagging BTS and like other like major (laughs) celebrities and like nobody did None of her fans did it. And then I guess one guy tried to do it, one of her fans. He was like, I love you, JLo. I'm your biggest fan. I'm the first person to do this. And then the copyright, the Instagram copyright took his video down because <laughs> it used her music. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. I love it. I also saw that JLo Beauty hired a fully new team in like the last few months to try to like make JLo Beauty work. Another example, she probably has like one of the most Instagram followers of anyone and she can't sell a makeup, uh, a skincare. She has 208 million Instagram followers and she can't sell a skincare brand. Think about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, her skincare is in like every Sephora. Every time I go into Sephora, I'm just like shocked to see it there. <laughs> I'm like, who's buying this? No one. In the outset, I got notified that Soft Services is up for an award, which is like, incredible, amazing, I can't believe it. And I was looking at the other nominees. <laughs> in the That sounds very, what, what is it? Is, are you, is it the Birdie Eco Cleaning Travel Size Product Awards? Like, what's the award? No, no, no. And by the way, I think Birdie is incredible. Shout out Birdie. You guys definitely convert. No, I- <laughs> it was another award and it, it was for like our whole brand. It was like best new brand or something like that, like whatever. And um, the outset was on there. I'm like, the out- who? no. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, the funny thing with the outset, too, is that in every piece of press they do, they keep on talking about how they're not a celebrity brand. They're like a skincare brand with a secret weapon. And I'm like, Scarlett Johansson is in every single picture that your brand puts out. We talked about that. Oh, we talked about that. Sorry. Okay, next story. Okay, our favorite podiatrist turned... Skincare entrepreneur. <laughs> you were, you did not get as much of a kick out of this 
pun intended, as I did. But Barbara Sturm is fully embracing her background in foot care. And she launched a foot spray in collaboration with the Italian footwear brand Aquazura and a line of shoes. Is this news? Is this interesting to anyone else? I just think it's really funny. I mean, I just... It's funny. The other thing that I found funny, and like maybe we're just coming down a little too hard on Miss Sturm, Dr. Sturm rather, but she also launched anti-aging hair care. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Hair is dead. It is. That's why it's a sham. And to say that it has the potential to slow the graying process is wild to me. I, I get so nervous about making claims on like on skincare products or any products I get so nervous because you don't want to lie to people. You don't want to lie to people. And it's so insane seeing what different companies say when they market their products. And then it dawns on me. I'm like, there's not like a claims police. Who's going around like checking these people? I don't know. I don't know. I think you have to wait for a consumer to report you to like. Yeah, there's probably that. I think also what I know from having worked inside Estee Lauder that when you're an indie brand, you can basically say whatever you want. But the minute you get acquired by a Lauder or a L'Oreal or a P&G or a Unilever, you basically take every single claim off of your package and you have to do a wild number of tests and jump through a number of hoops to like regain each and every claim. I remember like Glam Glow, which was acquired by Estee Lauder, and I worked there after the acquisition, but they were in the process still of vetting each of the claims that they had previously. Not that they were anywhere coming close to like stops the aging process of your hair, but like the little tests that you do as an indie brand, like through your lab or whatever, like all of a sudden now you, because you're a part of a publicly traded company, there needs to be a lot more support and proof documented. Because you probably did this where like when you work with a lab as an indie brand, you decide what type, you know, typically when you're first starting out, you decide, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z type of tests. Like I want to have a dermatologist tested. I want to have it tested to be non-comedogenic. I want to, you know, X, Y, Z. And then as you are able to afford more and more types of tests, you can like create more and more robust claims like the eczema association and, you know, other things that clinical trials and et cetera. There's certain tests that you have to do to launch a beauty product, period. And it's really funny when I see those pop up as like selling points for brands. They're like, like safety tested for, it's like, well, yes, otherwise you wouldn't be able, you literally wouldn't be able to sell that product. I don't think that's true because I could make something in my kitchen and start selling it. No, there's like certain like tests that you need to do unless you want to take that risk. There's like in vivo testing. There's like testing to make sure it's like compliant with the packaging. There are safety tests that you have to do, especially if it's an OTC product. There's just a lot of testing built in already. And then, yeah, to your point, you can do clinicals, yeah. which are separate for marketing claims. I actually learned there's testing that brands will do that's like completely internal, which blew my mind. But I guess 
I don't know why anything like that would blow my mind, where they can just run the tests themselves and tell you what the results are and then use those on marketing claims. I always figured that everything had to be third party, but I'm apparently a total moron for thinking that way. But if you do use a third party lab to run clinicals, I mean, those start at like $35,000. So to be able to say like 67% of women with sensitive skin saw that this reduced freckles within four weeks, like that stuff is so expensive. That's why you see like legacy brands and huge brands like Lauder that can support that kind of testing have those like really strong claims. Correct. But also you can do a test with 10 people when you're an indie brand. And if seven people say that they noticed that their skin felt more hydrated, like theoretically, there's nothing preventing you from putting you know, like 70% increased hydration. And then like, again, if you get acquired by like a big company, you're going to have to do a more extensive study. But like, yeah, it's not very, it's not regulated. I mean, this is the crazy thing. Do you want to know the crazy thing? Tell me. When we were doing home court, we launched a hand cream, a hand wash, a surface spray, a dish soap, and a candle, right? Guess what? There's no regulation over the products that actually go on your skin. Not that we did anything wrong, but I was just shocked. I was like, we're missing the point here. If we're like saying that the things that go on your skin don't need to be like double checked by like third party researchers and regulators and the things that like you're putting on the floor and on the windows do, they should obviously all be safe, which ours are. When we did actually put all of our skincare products through the same regulatory testing, But like the fact that that's not required is kind of mind boggling that like makeup and skincare are not regulated by the FDA and neither are supplements. I don't know if I like totally. They're not. There's they're not actively regulated to launch. There are certain guidelines that a brand has to follow to make certain claims and to sell certain products. But unfortunately, they aren't necessarily enforced until after the fact. Right. You would know that more because in your brand, you're talking more about like acne and you're sort of treading the line between OTC and prescription, right? No, any cosmetic product. But isn't it like with the stuff you're doing, like if you go over a certain amount of like salicylic acid, you know what I mean? Like you have to stay under certain ranges of things. No. Really? I can make like a 10% sal acid product and I don't have to, it doesn't have to be OTC. I just can't make the claim that it, it that it like will treat your acne. Even though it'll have the same amount of like active. Can you, do you have to put like a warning label on it? Sal acid, I don't believe so, but you are encouraged to put a sun care warning on certain actives like AHAs and BHAs. Retinols and things like that. Yeah. No, not with retinol. Interesting. I mean, our regulatory person is very cautious, but I am not a believer in the retinol sensitizes your skin to sun bullshit that's been disproven. (laughs) It's so common in skincare discourse that a lot of brands will encourage like special sun care if you're using retinol, but it's been debunked. Anyway. Interesting. Retinol, truthers, get at me. What else happened this week? Bite Beauty is confusingly closing operations or drastically cutting their product assortment. I'm not quite sure. The Lip Labs, which are their retail locations, are staying open From what I understand, a lip lab from Bite Beauty is where you can go in and you can create a completely custom bullet lipstick. I'm not sure if they do any other products as well, but those are staying open. Apparently, business is a booming for those, but Bite Beauty as a brand 
carried out, you know, Sephora and wherever else will be no more. So you have to grab your agave lip masks while you can at the Sephora checkout. Or don't because apparently the formula changed and people don't like it. (laughs) Really? Yeah, there was all this drama around like the original agave lip mask versus the new one. Remember when Becca Cosmetics closed and then the Becca products came over to like, what was the brand? Oh, Smashbox? Smashbox, yeah. The beauty industry is so weird right now. You know what people asked us? Okay, so we didn't have an episode last week. So we posted on Instagram, like, what should we have talked about? And we got questions about the Euphoria beauty line. I think people assume that you and I are way friendlier with PR companies than we are. I don't think that PR people think of us when they think of their products, at least like these really like mainstream big brands. Nobody's reaching out to eyewitness being like, we have to get the Euphoria products in their hands, which is actually crazy because we broke the story that A24 was launching this beauty line. So kind of fucked up. We haven't tried the products, if you're wondering. You know why they don't send us anything? Because we can't be bought. Yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it's very expensive. The moment we get some free $400 hyaluronic acid serum, you guys are going to know it because Barbara Sturm is going to be <laughs> the, I'm gonna be like the greatest innovator in skincare. I'm like, you know what? I I did say. I think there were some sketchy things in her past. However, love her products, and honestly, separate the art from the artist. Sometimes, right? <laughs> no, I have listened. I did you look been. at the Euphoria makeup line? What are your thoughts? It came out this week. Yeah, I think today it officially like launches to the public. I will say the sparkle emoji. I think this is its last hurrah. The three sparkle emoji. Mm -hmm. I think that that symbol, this is its swan song. It's got to go. It's got to go. It's kind of like the Kira Kira app. We need to usher in a new phase of like sparkle. And I say that because that little starburst is used on all the branding. I'm trying to find it. Where do I, how do I search for it? Oh, I found it. Found it. Nick, tell us what you're seeing. I'm seeing halfmagicbeauty.com and... It looks kind of like Halsey about face a little bit, just in terms of the branding. But it's like ombre. It looks like ombre lipsticks and neon eyeshadows and lots of little like applique, little dots and things you can use. I just, I mean, you tell me, Annie, do people want to actually look like the characters in Euphoria or do they just like seeing it as inspiration to like take it down a notch or do you want to look like a clown in your everyday life? That's a great question, Nick. What I've noticed is I've thought this about certain makeup trends before, like who actually wears this in real life? And then I go to LA and I (laughs) go to what's that outdoor mall that we go to sometimes? Century City, like the Westfield. Yeah, exactly. Or The Grove. And I see teenage girls with the full Instagram beat. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is they do it out here. So there are people that do it. I will say like this kind of like really dramatic euphoria inspired nightlife makeup. I follow like the cool kids in New York like I have for a while just because of casting for Glossier and I feel like the creepy old lady that's like always you know looking at what the kids are doing and I never see any of these like cool kids with like good taste like wearing makeup like this and I'm not saying that it means that this makeup is not for cool people with good taste it's just I don't see it out you know, like Tyrell Hampton, the photographer that does like, yeah, he's almost like the Gen Z Cobra snake. <laughs> like, and look through all of his photos. I like don't see 
the kids, the youth wearing this kind of makeup out at night. Anyway, that's my data point for for this discussion. Otherwise, I just emailed you two pictures from the website. And my other concern about Half Magic is that it takes a level of artistry to use these products as depicted and as intended. And I would find it incredibly challenging to recreate the looks that you're supposed to be able to create. They do make special tools, right? They have one tool, yeah. Will you buy it? Will you buy the tools and stuff and try to do it? Well, I know I'm going to be able to do it because I'm really good at makeup. <laughs> so I'm not, if, if it's like an experiment. To... Well, buy it and try it. No, they should send it to me. I don't want to buy it. Oh, please. Oh, they have my favorite new thing. They have a setting spray. How do you like your setting spray now, Nick? I haven't been using it. It's just like it's a lot to like finish a look with that, you know? Yeah, to miss your face is definitely... Anyway, are there other stories? Oh, there's the Gwyneth Paltrow diaper thing. (sighs) Yeah, there is. So long story short, Goop posted this Instagram about a fake like luxury diaper that they were faking out that they were launching that was like lined in alpaca with like gemstones. It was supposed to be like making a point about the diaper tax, like they're taxed very steeply when they're like obviously a necessity. And the only thing it revealed to me, two things. One is that like in order for something to be a joke, the number one qualification is that it has to be funny, which this wasn't. It was like goop trying to poke fun at itself, but it fell really flat for me. And number two, if you want to have a funny little chuckle, go through the comments. And there's, I mean, maybe now people have taken down their comments, but if you go through the comments on the goop post, some people were like, oh my God, buying immediately, add to cart. And then obviously other people were like, how could you do this? And it's just like, for the people who are like, you know, into it, I'm just like, that is more the story to me. Gotta have them. I think that the people saying that they like the diapers, though, are kind of in on the joke. I think they're being facetious. No? I don't know. I don't know. I found it ironic that the creative agency behind this whole stunt is called Mother. Oh, it wasn't even their internal. It was literally they hired someone to come up with this bad joke. I don't know if it was Goop that hired them or if it was Baby to Baby, which was like the charity that this was raising awareness for. But... An agency, an ad agency, like a very irreverent, like kind of goofy ad agency based in London, I believe, came up with the concept. But it's not funny. Listen. What's clever about it? You know what? It's funny because I was thinking like, what are the conversations that they're having at the office around this? And I bet they were all like, yo, we knew this would happen. This is good. It's a conversation. This should outrage people, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I get all of that. But something about it, it was like, But you did seriously sell a jade egg. You are seriously selling fake cleanses and fake chiropractors masquerading as physicians, like as experts in health and thyroid, whatever. So like coming from you, this isn't that funny. It fell flat. It's kind of the consensus. I just don't know if that's helping. Also, it's like the whole like screaming in a vacuum thing that we do on the internet where we tell our followers and our friends who follow us the things that we all believe. (laughs) I don't know how much good that's doing. Apparently not a lot because you have people like... With that said, (laughs) 
Yeah, we can go just cut that part out. With that said, Nick, should We're, we? It's delayed. I'm not. I'm not cutting you off. No, I know. I said we can cut out what I said because okay. there's a delay and it's awkward. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, if you can't tell, then that is movie making magic because there's a major delay between Nick and myself right now, and we're just gonna cut the bullshit and get to product of the week. Bingo. Nick, can I do a live unboxing for my product of the week? Yes. Okay, one second. Okay, while she's gathering her tools to do her unboxing, I can do my product of the week. And my product of the week is a toothbrush. It is a Colgate mechanical toothbrush. What are they called? Like, it's a toothbrush. Electric. (laughs) No, electronic. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what it's called. Remember the when, when Colgate launched their kind of like Glossier tooth care brand called Co? Co by Colgate. <laughs> they also launched a toothbrush, which is called the Co-Worker. It's a rechargeable electric toothbrush. My friend who works not on this brand anymore, but at the parent company, is it Colgate Palmolive? I forget. Sent one to me and I've been using it for the last two weeks. And what I like about it is it's a rechargeable electric toothbrush. It is 99 bucks, but it works to me. I've had the Philips Sonicare one. I've had the Quip. This one works incredibly well and it's tiny and cute. And he sent me like a pack of all of the like co-products, which I think I had probably talked dismissively about on the podcast, but case in point, we can be bought. When he sent me, no, but when he sent me, but yes, when he sent me these co-products, I was like, I kind of get, I get the vision. Like I get that it's like trying to make oral health, like appealing to a younger generation, like Colgate and Crest and all that branding and all that stuff hasn't been innovated in 20 years, you know, white strips and, or whatever they're called. And so I, I kind of got a kick out of the, they, they're making a, an attempt to be eco-friendly. They're trying to be a little bit more like fun. But I actually really like the toothbrush, no jokes aside. And I think it's, you know, what, the Philips Sonicare is $299 and the coworker from Colgate is 99 bucks. And I haven't had to charge it once and I've had it for two weeks. There you go. And for every Colgate co-product purchased, they're donating a dollar to the CyberSmile Foundation, which is... It's a nonprofit that is working on cyberbullying and abuse. Not promoting it, but ending it. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? That's very Melania Trump of them. Okay, so my product of the week, <laughs> I have been waiting on the edge of my seat for the launch of Gohar World. I think I've mentioned Lila Gohar on the pod before. I learned how to make beans. Layla. I learned how to make beans by watching her on Instagram during COVID quarantine. And ever since, I've just been hooked on her whole aesthetic and her approach to what it means to entertain. And I just feel like she's like the non-waspy Martha Stewart we've all been waiting for. Anyway, I ordered some stuff. They launched. She launched her brand of like entertaining accessories, I guess is what you would call them. Uh, accoutrement for your table escape. And I bought some things, so we're going to unbox them right now because I just got the package in the mail. And it's very cute. They have custom packing tape that has little beans on it because beans are part of her personal brand, much like diamonds are mine. Love it. Beans are their diamonds. Okay, so we're going to just... You have to get us some ASMR. Put that all closer to the... 
You have to whisper it too. So I'm opening up the box. I'm using a key that I don't even know what this key is supposed to be for. Okay, so we've cracked it open. Okay, seeing lots of white paper. You like that? Ooh, oh, wow. Okay, oof, really yeah. incredible packaging. Ooh, I love it. It looks like little pastry boxes. They're like a watermelon pink wrapped in... Like from the Grand Budapest Hotel. Wrapped in like a fabric ribbon with Gohar written on it. Okay, so I'm opening this up. Ooh, very cute little bean metallic sticker inside wrapping up the little whatever I bought. I don't even know what this is. Oh my God. Okay, so this is, I bought this fabric bowl cover with little, they call them chicken feet pearls that weigh it down. Oh, it's so cute. Little weights. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you make like a salad. So like if you wanted to have like a summer soiree and you were going to have like a fruit... And what's funny, I love this so much because in Mexico where I just was, they had these little like doilies that they like have little weights on the edges of the doily so that like if you're outside and it's buggy and you're going to like make a fruit salad or something, you don't want any bugs to disturb it. You like put this little doily on top. And so Gohar World now offers like all these really cute little doilies that are weighted with all these little fun like trinkets on them. Okay, so this is, now I'm unwrapping. Oh my God, I love this. I'm going to get this as a gift. I I think I'm going to order like five more. This is a personal lemon wedge squeezer in the shape of a little bird. How fucking cute is that? Okay, love. So cute. Okay, what is this? Oh man, okay. This is something I knew I didn't need. But I also needed it. It's a mother of pearl little scoop. So if you have a big like trifle or something for dessert, you can like scoop it out with this beautiful little. (laughs) And then. It's very Marie Antoinette. Oh, my God. These are so cute. So then they make these little glass bonbon candy objects that you use as like a spoon rest for when. You can just set them around the table and you don't want to get your like grody spoons on your Gohar World tablecloth. You prop them on these. Very cute. These all, by the way, make incredible hostess gifts. I don't know these people at all, by the way. This is not SpawnCon. They're not even my friends. I'm sure they're lovely people. but, But wait, there's more. I got Mother of Pearl dessert spoons to go with my Mother of Pearl (laughs) dessert scoop. Be cute. Perfect. They're supposed to be four. There's something. (laughs) I'm sure it's hiding in the tissue paper somewhere. Oh, there it is. Pro tip, be careful throwing anything away. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is amazing. So this comes in a, like, blue flocked, like, shoe bag. And it is a baguette. But it's a candle. Candle. So basically, long story short, Gohar World is sort of like culinary curiosities. Yeah, that's Gohar World. Very exciting. Congratulations to them because it's really good stuff. And they had Roe Etheridge shoot their e-com site. Like who gets Roe Etheridge to shoot your e-com photos? Layla Gohar is like really connected and she's, I think, just like been 
a really wonderful person to a lot of different brands. Like she's worked, she's done, you know, huge catering kind of events for Gucci and Hermes. And I feel like she's just made a lot of friends and people were happy to like do something kind of interesting and different. So it's gohar.world. You know who did the the makeup for her shoot is Dick Page. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? That just means that nice, good things happen to nice, good people. Nick, you'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Yeah, without you. So I'm either going to fly solo or I'm going to have to make a new friend because you're off on a little sabbatical, mini three-day sabbatical to Europe. So we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next week at least. And and I'll make sure to include any relevant news that Diamond Creek Bomb sends my way. We'll talk to you next week. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Presant and our album art was by Simon Abronowitz. You can follow us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. You can support the show by going to our Patreon page and like once a month giving us some money that'll go towards production. It's entirely self-funded. Like we said, we cannot be bought except by you. If you guys asked us to do something, we would probably do it. Ciao. 